Nicaragua. We know what we think here in the United States when it comes to what's going on between Russia and Ukraine, but what does the rest of the world think? Have you ever wondered, we live in this siloed planet right now where if you're in the United States, you only are allowed to know one perspective. You know, we talk about the media being free and all that, but it's kind of not true, isn't it? Because we're going to play for you during this uh, podcast some tape that we've got from India of what India's newscasters are saying about a story that we are saying something completely different about. And, and, and this is a fascinating part of the story that we're going to be covering today. And I just can't wait to share it with you because I think you're going to find this. You know, this is why we do this, right? A lot of people say, why are you watching or why are you listening to Rick Sanchez News and Agua Media these days? Because we we share perspectives that you're not going to get anywhere else. And we're going to say things that people are all thinking, but they're wondering if there's anybody out there who's got the intestinal fortitude to say it. Well, we do. We do. I mean, that's part of what we do here. And I, and, and I think th this is an important part of the story. The news you get every day on Fox News, MSNBC, uh, you know, ABC, et cetera, et cetera, the New York Times, Washington Post. There's a reason they're telling you certain stories from a certain perspective and from a certain ideological tone or with a, I should say, with a, a certain ideological tone. There's a reason for that. And, and, and we don't have to adhere to that. So when you listen to this podcast, you're going to hear perspectives that you're not going to hear anywhere else. And we're really proud of that. As a matter of fact, I got to share something with you that you guys are going to think is really cool. And I'm so glad that you're there. The number of people who've started coming to us in the last couple of weeks, I, I mean, we're just kind of beside ourselves here. We're pinching ourselves. We're going through like an 85% growth spurt right now in downloads. That means more and more, almost the number of people who are listening to our podcast has doubled, right, in just the last five to six days. And, and it seems like it's continuing to do so. So we're, you know, we're just really happy. I mean, millions of people are listening to us and um, tens of thousands of people are uh, joining us on uh, a monthly basis. And we think that's fantastic. So we're so glad that you're there. By the way, I, I, I want to start by sharing something with you, which I think is really fascinating. And yes, I know we're going to get a little bit into what's going on with the situation with Donald Trump. Everybody seems to be interested in this, uh, uh, on all the uh, latest uh, doings with uh, what happened in uh, Mar-a-Lago, et cetera. But something else happened this weekend that I have to share with you because, you know, those of us who tend to be outliers tend to listen to Agua Media, tend to want to tune into Rick Sanchez News there's something about us, right? There's something about you, right? And it's kind of part of the reason that you're listening to this. And, and part of the reason you're listening to this is because you're probably a Latino or, or maybe you're from the islands or maybe you're African-American. There's something in you that has this uh, spiritual yearning, right? We, we tend to be spiritual that way. We tend to believe in things and we tend to believe in fate because that's the way we were raised. Maybe it's because, I don't know, is it the Roman Catholic thing? Is it the tie to Africa? After all, many of us come from Africa one way or another, you know, especially if we come from Caribbean countries, whether it's Haiti, Santo Domingo, Cuba, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, you know, I mean, there's connections to that. And uh, I'm not calling it voodoo or anything like that, but there is this sense of, 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 of spirituality that we all have where we constantly are trying to reckon with why things happen. And did that happen for a purpose? Was that somehow predetermined? Was that planned? And, and why do I get this sense sometimes that something is happening that I can't control, that was almost preordained? This weekend, I tried to do something with my mother, as I often do on weekends. My, mother, my father recently passed away, and now my mother is all alone, and she has Alzheimer's. And I go and I visit with her. But this weekend, we decided to do something usually when someone has Alzheimer's, you want to kind of keep them in surroundings that are comfortable for them, which is her house where we, you know, my mom lives and um, we take good care of her there. And she's very comfortable there. And every once in a while, I take her out of the house, but very carefully and very gingerly. Well, this weekend was one of those. I decided to take my mother to go see my nephew's brand new baby, right? Baby Rudy was born. And I wanted my mom to see her great-grandchild. So 
we we got her in the car and we're driving over to uh, a part of South Florida where the baby was. And for some reason, you, you got to listen to this. You got to hear this story. This is weird. For some reason, I'm on the Palmetto Expressway. Those of you who know South Florida know the Palmetto Expressway. It's like one of those expressways every in every big town in the United States. It's always packed and it's a pain in the ass to drive on it. And I'm, and I'm driving south on the Palmetto Expressway and I'm planning to get off on Miller Road. But for some bizarre reason, now I've lived my whole life in South Florida. I know the roads like the back of my hand, right? But for some bizarre reason, listen to this. I got off on Bird Road, one exit early. Why? I have no clue. It's almost like my wife says, why are you getting off on Bird Road? You know, the GPS says you're supposed to get off on the next one. Miller Drive next to the University of Miami, right? But here I am getting off on Bird. And I said, well, I guess we can go this way. So I decided to go ahead and continue on Bird Road rather than getting back on the Palmetto, which is what I would normally do. I said, ah, we'll figure it out. So now I'm traveling on, uh, on Bird Road and my mom is sitting in the seat with me. My wife is in the back with my granddaughter also. And uh, suddenly, as we're approaching um, the funeral home called Maspons, where we had the funeral for my father, just about a month and a half ago. My mother, again, who has Alzheimer's and has no clue where she even is, right? Says to me, son, where's your father? And I said, well, mom, um, he's not here. Figuring I could just kind of, you know, delay the conversation and then maybe she'll forget because I didn't want to get into the whole thing about my dad passing away and because she has Alzheimer's, she can't remember. And that's usually the way it goes. But then she says to me again, did your father decide not to come to see the baby? And I said, um, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, you don't know what to say. And I was anguished and I was kind of hurting inside. And, you know, I almost felt like I had a tear coming down my eye. And I looked at my wife in the rearview mirror and she's looking at me and I'm thinking, what do I say? How do you, what do you do? How do you deal with this? My mom is asking about my dad. And, uh, and, and as I'm, as the car's moving forward, I, I realized I looked to the right and it's Maspone's funeral home. That's where my dad, that's where we had the funeral for my dad. And my mom, suddenly, when we're near this funeral home, starts asking about my dad. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what the hell's going on here? And it was one of those moments where, as a son, I don't want to hurt her feelings. I don't want to remind her of anything. But she was, in, she was insisting. I mean, usually she asks and then she, you know, moves on to another thing because that's often what happens with people with Alzheimer's. But she asked the first time, then a second time, then a third time, and then finally came the fourth time. And she looks at me and she says, why isn't your father here? And um, I said, mom, dad passed away. He passed away about a month and a half ago. And she says, and I'm thinking, is she going to cry? Is she going to suddenly make this bizarre realization? And she just looks at me and she's, she kind of like takes a swallow, you know, that like she swallows, looks at me and says, okay, yes, you're right. I forgot. And then we continue on. But why? Look, my mom has Alzheimer's. She didn't know whether we were in Miami, Alaska, Anchorage, or Kansas City or Tampa, right? She didn't know where we were. She had no idea. It's not like, oh, I'm going to ask about my husband because I, I just realized we're next. To, she didn't know. She didn't know that we were near the funeral home. She didn't know where we were, where we were. She doesn't know when we go to Broward County from one place or another. Not, by the way, not even necessarily because she has Alzheimer's, because she just, you know, it doesn't matter to her. We get in the car and we go. But in that moment, something happened. And for some reason, only right there, when we were within hundreds of feet of the funeral home, where we had the funeral for my dad, which I remember to this day was a very emotional and difficult night for all of us, you know. And uh, suddenly my mom starts asking about my dad and she won't let it go. And, and I was left thinking, wow, what could this be? You know, I don't know. Have you ever had something like that happen in your life? 
where it's just a moment where you're asking yourself, what just happened here? So I kept telling my wife, and then we went to the home. We dropped my mom off that night, and on the way back, I told my wife, I said, something just happened there, and I need to figure this out. How does something like this happen? Is it spiritual? Is there is there some kind of connection? I mean, it's one of those moments, right? So I want I want to introduce you to somebody now who can help us figure this out. I want to introduce you to Kathy Fernandez. Kathy Fernandez is new to Agua Media. She is, I'm so proud to say, uh, the newest member of the Agua Media family. Her podcast is called Kathy Fernandez Spiritual Health. And, and this is where she has been delving into for many years now. She talks about studies and helps people with their own spiritual health. So I thought to myself, and I told my wife, I said, you know, I think I'm going to have Kathy on this weekend. And she said, that'd be a great show. You should do that podcast because I'm going to want to listen to that. So here we are. Kathy Fernandez, thanks for joining us. How are you? Thank you, Rick. Very, very well. Thank you so much for the introduction. And I'm really happy to be part of the family. <laughs> oh, it's great. Well, listen, you can listen to Kathy's podcast, Kathy Fernandez Spiritual Health, obviously, on Spotify, on Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And it's going to be back to back with uh, Yes, This Really Happened, the other podcast that we have on the air right now, which is doing sensational, and Kathy Fernandez Spiritual Health. So if you want to look it up, it's called Kathy Fernandez Spiritual Health. So there we go. Now, let's get to the bottom of this thing. That story that I just told, can you try to put in perspective or maybe even try to explain to those of us and to me who experienced it, listening, whether it was just a sheer coincidence or whether there was something bigger that happened in that moment? Of course, Rick, um, there is something bigger. It's not no coincidence. Uh, what happened is everything is spiritual. To me, everything we hear uh, in the material world, but we are energy. Okay. We, that's the first thing. We are in the condensed energy. That's what we call it. When something is thicker, when something is materialized, hmm. it still have energy. When somebody passed, it's they still have their uh, energetic coding, okay, in our holographic uh, estate. We cannot see that, hmm. but we can sense it. An energetic, so there's an energetic code that we give off and it, it lasts even beyond our physical body. Yes, it's because it's not, remember, uh, your physical body is just, your temple is your housing for for your own spirit for your soul what they want to call okay so basically it's it's a car so you, you this can be changed but if you believe for those people some people do not believe in that but it's it's as science have proven that energy is everything and energy cannot be destroyed and it energy transforms itself okay uh-huh. So energy transforms. So when we leave the physical body, that doesn't mean that the energy inside us, which is our soul, it's, it disappears. It's just sim it simply um, transformed. Okay? So, and what I can tell you, so what I can tell you about your incidents was that your mother, uh, it's, you know, being the body, you, it's like you are a big portal. So we connect to external energy by, by this, um, this um, kind of like a shield that we have around us. We call it aura or electromagnetic um, field, mm -hmm. right? So our own electromagnetic field can communicate with our environment, okay? And then- so so, so so let me take a step back then. In that okay. moment, mom's in the car, yes. and she's just uh, within less than a block, hundreds of feet, I guess, mm -hmm. from the funeral home where my dad's spirit last existed, um, or his body, I guess, as you call it, his car. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and somehow there was a connection between that place, my dad's car, body being there, Mm -hmm. And 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 her what recognition of that? 
Well, let me tell you in the spiritual um, way about the perception of Alzheimer's. What happened is you're not completely in body. You're kind of out of the body uh-huh. when you have Alzheimer's. So that means your conscious mind is off. Okay. That's why people cannot remember things because they kind of, they outside their own car. I see. Okay. So what happened when something triggers for her to remember, and this is going to be to you, why were you directly to, to go that way? Yeah, why I don't know. I, I would you don't, I don't know. Yeah, right? I don't miss. Don't I don't. Know. I mean, I grew up here. It's not like I missed the exit. I, I, I know the exit is Miller Drive because on weekends we go watch University of Miami basketball games, and that's where we go. And I know that exit. And suddenly, I just blew it. I missed it, and I thought, "Wow, why did I miss that exit?" First of all, it's very recent that you that your father had passed, so he uh, most most likely he's still some way somehow in this plane. Okay. And when you went to the to the exit, that it was not your exit. It was he, you were probably feeling his energy. So it was almost like you were directed to move that way, to go that way, hmm. in order for her to kind of uh, make that shift. What it was is she knew at a soul level that he was there, that his hmm. body was in that place. So when you took her there. Uh, immediately she made that connection, conscious or unconscious. And when she, when, when I finally tell her, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to, but when I finally say, mom, don't you remember dad passed away a month and a half ago? She was like, she was fine with it. I, I was, I thought I was going to hurt her feelings and she was going to start crying. And she, and she, instead she looked at me and she said, oh, that's right, son. Now I remember. And she was done. She never brought it up again. Why, why can you, can you explain that? Yes, what you needed it to do, you unconsciously too, when you took her there, your father, the spirit of your father, what he wanted it to for her to have was that recognition that she she knew he's dead, you know? Hmm. And and she's at peace with that. Okay? Are we talking are, are we are we talking I don't even want to say this because it sounds weird <laughs> saying it, but are we talking about ghosts here? Uh, if you want to call it like that, yes, yes, it could be a ghost. It could be his ghost, but I don't call it like that. I, I think it was just his energy was still there. And some way, somehow you needed it. You were guided to take her there or pass her through there. So she will make the connection. She will feel the energy, okay, of the, that his body being there. And that will trigger her, her portal to be open enough for her to remember. So there is a there is a thinking out there, and it's one of the things that you've studied for years. I know, and for the rest of us, it sounds really weird, obviously, because mm-hmm. you know um, anything that's not so uh, concrete and something that becomes abstract is hard for us to all put our head around. But I think what I hear you saying is it's not ghosts like in the movies, ghosts. Yeah. But when a person passes, their energy somewhat remains, and by their energy, it's not like a voodoo weird, you know, boo boo, no. you know. Coming out of walls or anything like that, it, it's just something that is almost spiritual that remains. So, someone who is listening to us right now may have had somebody pass away in their family. They used to live in the home. They still sense their energy in that home somehow. Yes, some way, somehow. Yes, if they if they remain there, yes, okay, because there's there's they also have um, what they call a spiritual evolution. So sometimes. They just leave and you don't feel it anymore. But when they, they recently pass, their energy is still around their family members. This is not for the, the person who departed. This is for the person who stays, for the people who stay, their family members, their friends, and things like that. Usually they stay to kind of like until everybody's okay to, is, to let go. Is, mm-hmm. is, you know, I'm just having a tough time figuring this out. And there, I'm sorry because I'm the practical one, right? As most of us think we are. There's a part of me that wants to say, Kathy, this is crazy. It probably was just a coincidence. It was just a coincidence that I got off on the wrong exit. It was just a coincidence that I ended up at the funeral home. It was just a coincidence that within a hundred feet of the funeral home, my mother started, suddenly could not stop talking about my father 
And it was just a coincidence that it all stopped when I finally told her he passed away and then she seemed resolved and she almost had a little smile on her face. That that it's mm -hmm. all just a coincidence. To which you would say what? To me, it's not a coincidence. It was just a guidance. It was a guidance for you to go that way in order you were pulled. Because for no reason, you just, something to kind of like make you move that way. You don't know what it is. It's this, you know, force, if you want to call it like that, that kind of, and then all of a sudden, it was almost like you were um, hypnotized Yeah. because you didn't, you, you say, why am I here? Why, why do I, you know, why did I go this way? I didn't yeah. have to go this way. So, and that's what happened. It was almost like you were hypnotized and moved to, in order for you to go to that, to pass to that space. So your mother can have that window of clarity and in order for her to kind of make peace inside, her body will understand, even though she would not remember, you know, a minute later, but some way, somehow that peace internally in her body needed that memory. Yeah. And maybe it was a combination of the both of us because I miss my dad a lot. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he, since he recently passed, I, I, I can't stop thinking about him and, you know, those moments we had, my dad and me, um, and I miss him, you know, I miss my dad. And, you know, maybe in that moment, as much as my mom had a yearning for information, there was something in me that drew me to that place because I too had a need spiritually, I suppose, to hear you tell it. I, I also had a spiritual need to be near my father, maybe. I, I don't know. It, it it makes sense. I, I hate to say it, but damn it, Kathy, you're making sense. No, no, and also for you, it's true because now you kind of have that peace that you that inside you that your mother it's fine with that. So hmm. maybe you needed it to see that too. That she, yeah, you know, you're right. In that moment, when when I when I looked at my wife and I said, "What am I supposed to say? Please help me here." I, I she kept saying, "Where's your father? Where's your father? Where's your father?" And I'm thinking. My God, what what do I do? What do I say? Do I just plead ignorance? Do I change the subject like we often do? But she wasn't going to have that. So when she finally asked again and again and again, and I said, Mom, Dad died. And then she smiled and everything was fine. So maybe you're right. Maybe that's yeah, all it was. That's all, you need. that's all you need. You also needed it to see that and hear that from her. And in, in, in order for you to, to know that she already, she got it. She's And she's not completely off. Even though she had the Alzheimer's, she some way somehow she understood. Let's do let's 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 talk about what you 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 do seem to have a grasp on this. You do seem to have an understanding of what these spiritual energies are, and mm -hmm. more and more people are now being drawn to the things that move us in life. What makes us feel good? What makes us feel bad? What makes us successful or not? successful. And a lot of it has to do with those energies that we were just describing. For me, it was one of those rare occasions when I saw it happen because of my experience with my, you know, mom and my dad's passing. It wasn't revolutionary, but it was kind of one of those aha moments where I hit myself in the head and said, wow, that really just happened. Right. Mm -hmm. But what, what, what I think you're doing with your podcast is telling people that that energy's out there and it's okay to tap into it, right? Yes. Uh, everything, like I say, I'm going to repeat myself. Everything is energy. And energy also can be um, shaped and moved in order for us to, to use it, to work with it. Huh. Uh, when you're saying, like, when you're being positive, let's put it away, something simple. Some, oh, just be positive. Uh, and and it's, it's true. What you're doing is you're broadcasting an energy. Right. And then right. you send it to the universe and then that will kind of ripple back to you. So you're going to, it's almost like turning the radio station. You want to turn into that correct station. Otherwise, if it's not co correctly tuned in, it's going to sound like with some kind of static, like, shh. So you're <laughs> right, not, right. right? It's the yeah. same yeah. thing. The radio waves or the TV waves, you don't see them, but they're there and you receive the signal, right? <laughs> it's the same thing. We have, we are the antennas. We are like big portals. So we can receive and we can also uh, send that 
you know, energy in a different, different type of way. For instance, somebody say, oh my God, I, I have this thought that I, I need to call somebody, right? And it was because, and then the phone rings. Or you have a thought of somebody or the phone rings, right? Because you're sending, you connecting both uh, mental waves, you know, and immediately the phone is going to ring. Hmm. You're thinking of that person. Most likely it happens. Okay? So you can, so, you can, you can, mm -hmm. mani you can manifest change by allowing yourself to be in tune with whatever that energy sort of is, is is that something most of us do or don't do? Most of us do. They, we do it unconsciously. <laughs> Interesting. But we, yeah, we do it unconsciously. Uh, we if, every day you exchanging energy. Every day you sending signal. Every day you receiving signal. Like when people say, "Oh my God, I feel kind of weird," or "I don't like that energy of that person," or "I feel," mm, or "I," or, or, or you got that gut feeling. You say, "Oh my God, I know I should have done that." Right. Hmm. All of that is reading and connecting with energies is everything. It's almost like the energy has these patterns and they do. They have this pattern almost like um, of information. That's what they are. Patterns of information. And when you tap into that, you're reading it in your own way. OK, you don't need to be a healer or a medium in yeah. order to, to receive or to know that these energies are there. You are. Energy. Fascinating. Fascinating mm -hmm. conversation. Um, Kathy Fernandez, spiritual health. It's, by the way, in both English and in Spanish. You can find it only on Agua Media. Kathy has spent years connecting to this, this process that she was just sharing with us that can help us all become happier, more successful, more fulfilled, and obviously, who doesn't want that? Kathy has gone all over the world researching and talking to people who have information about how we can use our energy to be more successful. And, uh, you know, as a guy who tends to be overly practical, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I think there's something to this. And I think if we tune into it properly and with the right people helping us like Kathy, it can help us become more fulfilled in our lives. So um, thank you, Kathy. We appreciate you thank taking time. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And I was so glad to share the story with you. You're the best, kiddo. You're the best. We appreciate it. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know, as I'm sitting here listening to what Kathy's talking about, the energy that we need to feel and maybe understand why we feel what we feel, I'm, I'm thinking about what's happening in our country right now. It's, it's funny how it seems to me the thing that drives America right now more than anything else is fear. Fear. Do you feel it? Do you see it? This whole thing with MAGA, for example, it's all about fear. It's all about fear of change. It's so obvious. You know, there was, my wife is like from the South, from Georgia. And I remember I would go up there and hang out with her uh, relatives. And th there was one relative in particular who asked me once to play golf. And I remember we were just playing golf. I mean, I wasn't very good. He wasn't very good. But we were having a good time. And he was kind of a, you know, good old boy kind of guy with a big you know, Georgia Southern accent. And we were playing one day and I was about to hit a putt, right? It was just a little short putt. And, and I said, wow, why does it feel like this? Make, why do I get so nervous when I go to have to make a putt? It looks so easy. And I remember he said to me, he said, if you're scared, just say you're scared. If you're scared, just say you're scared. <laughs> I thought, what the hell does that even mean? But then I thought it makes so much sense. Every once in a while, I mean, go back to what Kathy was talking about. Feel the energy and deal with it, right? Don't ignore it. If you're scared, just say you're scared. And guess what? America is petrified right now. America is so scared right now. I mean, they're so fearful. I mean, look, what is the underlying cause for all the MAGA stuff, right? What is it? Fear of change. It's people who are afraid. Oh, my God. Those people are not like me. 
Their skin is darker. Their hair is more crinkly. They speak with a little bit of an accent. They come from another country. They dance different. They listen to different music. It's not like me, so I must be afraid of it. And it's not their fault. It's not their fault. That's why I keep saying on this podcast, we who are minorities, we who are Latino or African-American or, you know, Indian or wherever the hell we come from, Europe or Asia or whatever, we have to understand that it's our job to make these folks feel like we're okay. We're just Americans like them because we are. That's all we are. We're just Americans, just like them. And it's incumbent upon us to make us to understand that and, and, and somehow make us make them not fear us. What made Martin Luther King great? What made Martin Luther King Jr. a great man? What made Gandhi a great man? When they were hated, instead of putting out hate, they did the opposite. They said, I will not hate. When they were spit on, when, they, when, when aggression was shown toward them, they said, I will not be the aggressor. Right? And, and my fear is that right now in this country, we're not getting that. And we think those of us who are, well, they just hate us. Well, there's a whole reason behind that. And we need to be able to try and make them understand that we're not a threat. We're all in this together. We're all Americans. I mean, that's, that's what we have to do. And part of that, by the way, we're, we're now doing something that I want to share with you. We're part of Latitude. Latitude is the biggest business conference of the United States. And it's coming up here in just a little bit. And Latitude is about to put out its annual report. I'm going to be sharing that report with you. So you got to continue to listen to this podcast, Rick Sanchez News, because I'm going to share with you what the new information is. And I've told you before, look, Latinos in the United States are a powerhouse. They're good for the economy of the United States. Latinos create more jobs than any cohort in the United States. And we're a minority, right? We start more small businesses. Look it up, right? Washington Post, it's there. Just Google it. Latinos start more small businesses than any cohort in the United States. They hire more people than any cohort in the United States. That means they're creating jobs. They're creating a better economy for the United States. That's a good thing. It's not about showing off. It's just about saying it. And you know why we have to say this? When minorities are helping America become a better country, it makes those Americans who fear us minorities understand that they don't need to fear us anymore. That's all. And there's a brand new report that's about to come in in Latitude this week that I'm going to be sharing with you that shows that as, as good as Latinos are for the U.S. economy, there's new information that seems to indicate it's even better than that. You know, I've told you before, Latinos are the seventh largest country in the world economically. I know Latinos in the United States are not a country. I get it. Don't yell at me. If the Latinos in the United States were a country, they would be the seventh largest economy in the world. Mic drop, right? Well, guess what? There's reason to believe the, that Latinos in the United States, if they were a country, are going to move up on that list. That they're going to move up on that list. Which is, I mean, absolutely, uh, you know, un unbelievable. I, let, let me share the list with you, by the way. Countries ranked by GDP, right? Countries ranked by GDP. Here we go. Um, right now, number one, the United States of America. Number two, China. Number three, Japan. Number four, Germany. Number five, India. Number six, the United Kingdom. And then France. And then we've got Brazil and Italy and Canada, okay? Those are the biggest economies in the world. So if Latinos were a country, they would be seventh between the United Kingdom and France. Think about that. And I think there's a new report that's going to indicate that Latinos are going to move to number six, which means they would be they would jump the United Kingdom. Latinos in America, listen to me. Latinos in America may soon become the sixth biggest economy, GDP-wise, gross domestic product, in the world. 
That's not something you need to fear. That's something we should celebrate. That's something we should celebrate. It makes us all better. You know, it lifts all boats. And that's something that, you know, we, we, we need to uh, reconcile. So it just made me think for a moment that as minorities, we often think that we need to go out and attack those who don't like us with anger. No, we shouldn't attack. We should simply share knowledge, information, and data with them about us to make them understand and appreciate our place in this wonderful country we call the United States of America. That's what we need to do. And that's what we plan to do. And yeah, from time to time, it's hard not to get angry when somebody says horrible things about you. And they do. And we've all heard it about all of us, whether we're African-Americans or Asians or Latinos. We've heard those horrible comments. You know, hey, look, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. And we need to do that and say, okay, I understand you hate me, but did you know this about me? Speaking of spirit, since that seems to be the topic of the day, so Mikhail Gorbachev died. Now, I interviewed Mikhail Gorbachev. He's one of the world leaders that I was lucky enough in my career to have spoken with. I interviewed Reagan, I interviewed Obama, I interviewed Clinton, I interviewed Carter, I interviewed Fidel Castro, Mariel Noriega, pardon me, not Mariel. Did I say Mariel? <laughs> what the hell is a Mariel? His name is Manuel or Manolito. I interviewed Manuel Noriega in prison, no less. Secu high security prison. They walked me in there. That was spooky and creepy. But anyway, yeah. And I interviewed Mikhail Gorbachev. And Mikhail, Mikhail Gorbachev dies and rumor is Putin put out a comment about him, but he didn't even go to his funeral. You have to understand something. And I don't know if you know this. And, and this is something you need to know. Because in this country, for some reason, we don't know how other people feel. We don't have a global view. We don't have a worldview. Hell, we don't even have a view of what other people in our own country think. We're so divided right now. We're so siloed. I mean, people who watch Fox News don't know what people are thinking at who, or, or what people are watching who watch CNN. And people who watch CNN don't know what people are watching who watch Fox News. We're like in, in two completely ecosystems, you know? Persons in subgroup A only hear and believe this. Persons in subgroup B only hear and believe that. Well, if it's true in the United States, what do you think it is globally? What does the rest of the world think of, for example, the situation going on in Ukraine right now? And, and this is really fascinating because this goes to what I'm talking about. Why did the why do the Russians? Yeah, I mean, they're saying nice things about Gorbachev because he died and he was, after all, their premier, their leader. But they don't like the guy. And they don't like the guy because as far as they're concerned, he was bullied by the United States and he gave away their entire country. And it all happened when the wall came down in Germany and the unification of East and West Germany was when George Bush was in the White House and something, in, something happened back then. So the Soviet Union right, had the Warsaw Pact, and the United States had NATO. So the two big superpowers, one had NATO, right, the alliance that's supposed to protect the world from the commies, and the Soviet Union had the Warsaw Pact, which is the alliance that's supposed to protect the world, as they saw it, of course, that's their perspective, from the United States and countries that are trying to be imperialist, or whatever the hell they call it. Okay, but then something happens. Then all of a sudden, the wall comes down in, uh, in uh, Germany, East Germany and West Germany and in Berlin. And suddenly the United States says to the Soviet Union, look, we've got a deal for you. We've got a deal. You let us have Germany reunified and as a part of NATO. And we promise we will never expand NATO beyond Germany. We're not going to go into the rest of Europe and we're certainly not going to uh, take into our sphere the countries that surround you. Because, of course, the Soviet Union is like, wait a minute, you know, we, we, we don't want you putting missiles next to our border. In fact, 
Soviet Union saying, let us join NATO. We want to be a part of this now. And, you know, they're trying to build bridges, I guess, because they're desperate because the Soviet Union is crack, you know, is crack, is, is breaking apart. So, but something suddenly happened. I want, I want you to hear this. Um, th- this is the deal as it's explained, right? By historians of what happened when the United States said to the Russians, remember, this is why the Russians hate the United States, said to the Russians, if you let us have Germany, we swear we are not going to continue to try and take other countries beyond Germany. Take a listen. And in February of 1990, in a series of meetings, U.S. and West German leaders very openly said that if the Soviet leadership consented to German reunification and Germany in and reunified Germany remaining in NATO, then NATO would not expand one inch to the east. One inch to the east. Did you hear that? One inch to the east. Who said that? I'll tell you who said that. James Baker. James Baker was George Bush's secretary of state. And he sat with Gorbachev and said, look, Mr. Gorbachev, uh, we will not go one inch beyond the border of Germany if you guys let us do this. Let us have Germany and we promise NATO will never expand. <laughs> okay. Turns out that wasn't true. Not even close to true. Not only did we expand, I mean, we've expanded all the way up to the border with Russia. And more recently, we've even tried to take over what? Ukraine. We actually announced to the world that we were going to allow Ukraine to join NATO. How the hell do you think that sits with the Russians? I'm not saying the Russians are right. I'm just saying they sure as hell were angry. And they kept telling us, guys, stop doing this. And we didn't care. We just said they were paranoid. And this is a part of the story that we need to understand. Listen to this. Listen to this uh, piece of sound. Again, this is uh, historians explaining the perspective of how the Russians who had the Warsaw Pact and the Americans who had NATO were trying to figure this out. And to the Russians, the Americans, our country, our beloved country, was less than honest. And that pissed them off then, and it pisses them off to this day. Here it is. Whether NATO should have kept its assurances is up for debate. We underestimated just how much antipathy there was in Moscow to NATO's existence. Years of the U.S. downplaying the assurance that were previously given and making Russia feel like it could not trust the West have really narrowed the opportunity to resolve this crisis. But it's really sort of a pretext. Mr. Putin has put together this list of grievances against the West, you know, but he didn't talk about them 20 years ago. So the point that those historians are making, and by the way, to find those historians, you have to go, you have to search through like YouTube to find reports that are fair and explain both sides of this story. Because you just, we, we just, we're not allowed to know this for some reason. And it's very simple what they're saying. It makes all the sense in the world. We underestimated Russia's NATO grievance. Russia has been really angry about this for the longest time. And they kept saying it and saying it and saying it over and over again. Guys, you know, here, it's like this, right? Let me, let me give you an example. Here in South Florida, everybody has a mango tree, right? And we got mangoes all over the place for some reason. And mangoes are delicious and I love mangoes. But if, if you're, if your mango tree for some reason is not giving fruit, which sometimes, by the way, mangoes are weird. Every once in a while, the mango tree won't not put out good mangoes. I don't understand why. But your neighbor's tree is putting out delicious, wonderful mangoes. And he has you on video, right? Constantly reaching over his fence and grabbing mangoes. And he's telling you, look, Rick, man, cut it out. I, I see you all the time, you know, grabbing my mangoes and reaching over and getting those mangoes. And, and I'd say, you know what? You're just paranoid. You're just paranoid. And, and the guy says, no, man, I got you on video. Stop eating and stealing my mangoes. You're, you're, encro- you're encroaching. You're coming right up on the fence. You're reaching over. You're taking my mangoes. I told you not to do that. You know, respect me, will you? And then finally, you know, uh, you do it again. He catches you. One day he comes over, punches you in the face. He says, look, I've told you a million times. Stop stealing my mangoes. And eventually <laughs> he punches you in the face. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not trying to espouse violence here in any way, but 
He kept saying, stop encroaching into my property. This is, this is what the Russians are saying. They're saying that for, for, for decades now, they've been telling NATO, stop encroaching on our property. Stop it. It's not fair. You know, and we're starting to feel like you're wanting to invade us. And now with this latest move where you're telling that you're going to take over Ukraine and put make Ukraine a NATO country, that essentially means you've surrounded us. And remember, this is a country that's been invaded many, many times. The Russians, yes, they are paranoid. You know why they're paranoid? Because they were invaded by the Swedes. They were invaded by the Poles. They were invaded by Hitler and the Nazis. And now they're afraid it's going to happen again. Their whole history has been, oh, did I forget Napoleon? Right? The Napoleonic War? I mean, this their whole history has been about somebody coming and invading them. And here we are putting essentially countries around their border with missiles pointed at Moscow. And we're wondering why they're freaking out. We're wondering why they're freaking out. Well, they're freaking out because they think we're going to invade them. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not giving them justification, okay? But where is this story that I just told you in the U.S. press? Where is it? Where, where is that perspective? Where is that context? And I say this because I'm thinking about Gorbachev and people are wondering why the Russians kind of are, are you know, not, not, not treating Gorbachev's death like he was some great guy. Because to us, as an American, to me, Gorbachev was a great guy. I mean, Gorbachev was so awesome, he was all but American. He loved America. He seemed French, right? And he wanted his country to be a Western-type country. And in wanting so much of that, he bent over backwards. And you know what happens when you bend over, right? Yeah. And that's what the Russians think Gorbachev did. He bent over so much, he got screwed. He gave away all of Russia to the United States and to NATO. And now Putin is sitting there going, you know what? Enough is enough. Enough is enough. They've lied. They've cheated. They've taken our land. They're up against us. They're a threat to our country. That's how they see it. And here's what's interesting. And, and this is why I am decided I wanted to talk about this today when I saw the death of Gorbachev. And I remember interviewing him and talking a little bit about this. We don't understand this that I just explained. We don't explain why Russia is so angry, but other countries do. Other countries do. And, and this is what worries me about my country. This is what worries me as, a, as, a, as an American, that because we're given bullshit information sometimes and not given the other side of the story, it doesn't allow us to be able to make good decisions about what we need to do moving forward. Here's an example. If... If today, rather than living in the United States and being forced to watch Fox and CNN and MSNBC and ABC and all that other crap and read the Washington Journal or the Washington Post and the New York Times, you lived in Delhi, India, you would get a different perspective. In parts of the world, China, for example, but you could say, okay, well, they're just communists. Who cares what they think? Okay. Well, how about India? They're our allies. And they think we're full of shit. And they think... And they do news reports, and I'm about to play one for you. They do news reports where they tell their people the only reason the Russians invaded Ukraine, as wrong as it is, is because they were pushed to do so by NATO and the United States. Here, listen, listen for yourself. This is a report. This is a news report out of India. This is what you would be hearing if you lived in India. Go. Vladimir Putin's aggression is being called out, and rightly so. Invading a sovereign country cannot be justified. But what led the world to the point of this invasion? Leaders in Moscow say they are the aggrieved party. They are the victims of NATO's eastward march and they're only acting in self-defense. Here's why. Over the past 25 years, NATO has been creeping closer to the Russian border. Former Soviet states have become NATO members. This military alliance has technically absorbed the entire security belt of Moscow. Russia sees this expansion as a provocation. It hurts their security interests and won't end well for both sides, they said. The warnings were clear. NATO ignored them. Call it their myopia or arrogance, they downplayed Moscow's concerns, kept proceeding with new rounds of expansion until things blew up in Ukraine. Until things blew up in Ukraine. Isn't that fascinating? 
If you lived in India, that's the perspective you would get. It's not Ukraine is the greatest country in the world and Russia is a monster country. And they had no reason for doing that at all, ever, at all, period. End of conversation. No, they're actually giving context to the story and saying, you know, she says at the beginning, Russia's wrong. Russia should not have invaded Ukraine. But now let's look at their reason for doing so. See, I think that's healthy. Whether, whether it's China, U.S. relations with Russia, Ukraine, Iran, I don't care. We need information. We need to stop living in this siloed universe that we live in today. Damn it to hell, man. That's so important. And as Latinos, as minorities in the United States, we should be the one leading that, giving that other perspective. Giving that other perspective. I mean, I listened to this woman. She, she sounds as clear as a bell. And again, I'm not trying to defend Russia here. I don't think she is either. You know, an invasion's an invasion and it's wrong. Nobody should invade another country. But understanding on this week in particular why Russians feel that Gorbachev gave their country away, why he made that deal with, with uh, James Baker, why they feel like the United States signed that deal and then said, nah, we're not going to abide by it. It was all bullshit. We were just saying that so we can take Germany. So now the Russians don't trust the United States because of that, right? Just like the Iranians don't trust the United States because we signed a treaty with them when Obama was president, but then the next president came in, Trump, and said, okay, that treaty's gone. So then what the, what the hell good is a treaty? If every time we change presidents, we change the treaty, then there's no such thing as a treaty. Who will ever want to sign a treaty with the United States? And this is what the world sees. And we should understand this. We should understand this about our foreign policy, that we can't change our policies and uh, decide that we are going to follow a treaty or not follow a treaty the same way we change our underwear. You know, in the end, it's all about the perspectives that we have as Americans in so many ways. And I, and I think I want to I say one more thing about this. Forget about Russia. Forget about what we believe in terms of the situation in Russia. Let's talk about our own situation right now. And, and I think this is where we bring it home. And again, look, as a Latino who grew up poor and who never had much, and my parents, as I've said, no, never had more than like ten dollars or $11,000 combined income. And, you know, fortunately now I'm a millionaire and I live pretty well, but I, I, that stuff doesn't go away. In my head, I'll always see myself as some poor kid growing up in the barrio. Which is why, you know, think about this. In the United States, why did so many people vote for Trump? Because they think the system is rigged against them. That's why they voted for Trump. And he told them that. And he said the system is rigged against them. And, and they feel that. Which is why their wages have been going down. Why unemployment's been hard to deal with. Why they've seen Wall Street and the bankers making tons of money while the average American's wages have continued to go down, down, down for 30 straight years at least compared to cost of living, and certainly compared to production. The United States in the last 30, 40 years has been the most productive country in the history of the world. Who's the person who's responsible for that production? The workers, Americans. But who's made the money? The workers? Hell no, not even close. It's been the corporations, the banks. The numbers are just staggering. So Americans believe that, right? Well, and when they say the system is rigged, let me give you an example of what Americans believe as well. Because, for example, people who voted for Trump, they all believe that somehow it's because Trump is going to save them from this system that is unjust. You want to hear about a system that's unjust? Let me give you an example. This weekend, I um, saw when um, I was out shopping at the mall for a little while, a young man apparently had a pair of Nikes in his car outside the mall. So police go to his car and apparently somebody watched the young man who was an African-American leave the mall with the bag and they got a complaint from security. So they called police and police show up and they ask him for a receipt for these Nikes that he has in his car. 
and they're under the impression he stole the Nikes and um, he wasn't able to produce a receipt. So he's immediately handcuffed and he's taken to jail. So they go into his car, they find a pair of Nikes, they assume because they found the Nikes in his car because he doesn't have a receipt and because they have somebody who says they saw him with the Nikes in the store and they saw him with a bag that he stole the Nikes. They take him to jail and charge him with stealing the Nikes because he wasn't able to produce it. Meanwhile, not far from there in Palm Beach, Florida, a billionaire was found to have stolen secret U.S. documents in his resort hotel. He, unlike the young African-American, was politely called by members of the Justice Department and the FBI, politely asked to return and told that they understand it could have just been a misunderstanding and a mistake. This happens two months ago. So they wait. He this billionaire who lives in Palm Beach, returns half of the items, not all of them. And apparently he doesn't know that the FBI has a camera and has a person inside the hotel who's acting as a CI, a confidential informant, and telling them he only gave you half the stuff. He only gave you half the stuff. There's more there. So. Finally, um, police say, in this case, that he lied about it, that he only gave half of his stash. So now we know, right? Look at the two different cases. You have a young man, pair of Nikes. He goes to jail immediately, no questions asked. The other guy, they negotiate with him. Now, maybe we can work this out. Give us the stuff. He doesn't give it up. He doesn't know they have cameras. He only gives half. Keep some of this stuff. Now, apparently, they're going in. And now, apparently, they have a a search warrant. And uh, they take the other half of the stuff that they say belongs to them. And still, he's not arrested. Why? Well, because the lawyers for that billionaire are still negotiating with a judge that the billionaire appointed. So that judge, he gave her the job, so she's beholden to him. So now she apparently is arguing that the people who did the investigation should kind of back off a little bit. And that's what's going on right now in the case of uh, the U.S. Justice Department or the U.S. versus Donald Trump with these secret documents that were found at Lagomar. So you have a billionaire who seems to have been caught red-handed with stolen documents and he apparently gets a polite call saying if you just take it back it's no problem it must have been a mistake wouldn't it be nice if they would have told they would have told that african-american kid outside the mall oh it must have been a mistake we understand just give us the nike shoes don't worry about it no his ass is in jail that's what americans see That's what Americans see as a rigged system where some people are treated one way and another people are treated the other way. And sure, right now, MAGA people are saying, oh, yeah, no, but that's, you know, can't be true with Donald. But they were fine with Hillary, right? Lock her up. Isn't that funny? It all depends on what camp you're in. That's what I'm talking about when I say siloed. If you you voted for Trump, then no, he probably did nothing wrong. But if you didn't vote for Trump, then Hillary, of course, is very, very guilty and she should be in jail. Look. They all should be in jail if they screw up. I don't care who the hell they are. I don't care if they have an R in front of the name or a D in front of the name. And that's what we stand for. And that's what we do. And that's the kind of conversation we have here. And the next time somebody comes up to you and says the system in the United States is fair and equitable and justice is blind, tell them I said they're full of crap. This is Rick Sanchez News. I'm so glad we had a a chance to talk today, and I'm so glad that so many of you are jumping on board because we give a different perspective, and we say the things that some people think but don't hear anywhere else. And you could catch us on Apple. Go to your phone, right? Go to your iPhone right now and go to where it says podcasts and look for Rick Sanchez News. We're a part of Agua Media, and we're building something pretty big here. We're doubling every week in terms of the number of people who are listening to this podcast. And I'm so proud to be able to say that. 
So we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're wherever you get your podcast. Look for Rick Sanchez News. And if you happen to be watching us on YouTube, subscribe. So there you go. Dale, andale, y vamos con todo. Agua. 